And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Slaker edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I'm only saying that because uh, in the background, as I'm speaking to you, I'm watching the fourth quarter of Lakers Nuggets on mute. It is weird It is weird to have watched a Warriors game against a Western Conference team and then there'd be another game after it. That is a little bizarre. Yeah. I, I'm a little shaken by that one. Yeah, no, it's nice to, to see to have the team you cover play the early game. You know, this is usually we'd be talking right around midnight or something. Instead, it's yes, yes. nine thirty. Yeah, I can watch a little Nuggets Lakers as we talk, which was a West Finals rematch, by the way. Um, oh, the yeah. game we saw tonight did not look like a West Finals preview, um, mostly because the Mavericks are in a really bad place, oh, oh, which we can oh. get to. Um, but this should be a positive segment to open this podcast because the Warriors without a center and I include Eric Paschal in that batch of centers who didn't play because apparently he woke up with knee swellness uh, or swelling swellness swellness (laughs) sorry Uh, knee swelling uh, that they got an MRI on and it's it's not serious but he didn't play either so no Paschal no Looney who's out two weeks no Wiseman who I think is probably honestly about six days away or so um and they won. They scored 147 points. They had their best offensive game of the season. Uh, they looked fluid. They looked fast. Ubre scored 40. Draymond had 15 assists. I could I believe they hit 22 threes and they blew out a Dallas team that most people projected to be ahead of them in the standings this season. They took advantage of the circumstances. I give them full credit for that. You know the. Lanes were open, the shots were open, but they made them, and we've seen them miss them uh, at other at various points this season. And they looked like they were like they loved the challenge. And Kerr talked about that before the game. I think the players embraced that. I think they wanted to see what they could do in a funky thing, and we'll see, you know, how long it has to last, and how if they can, you know, let's see what Dallas comes up with them next game. But I think you know we saw them kind of having fun out there. We saw them playing loose and you know you can say you're going to play loose and the shots don't go in maybe you don't play so loose but the, the shots were going in kelly Ubre was making shots. i thought Ubre played good even before he was going crazy like i just thought he played a solid game they needed him to kind of bang inside they needed him to do some blocking out i was joking like he's a power forward now like, maybe that's just a better position it is i like, get those yeah, get those centers out of the way and just have him be at four and and then you tell him you got to put your body on somebody, and he was doing it. And, you know, he was kind of you know pulling guys away from from the basket, and clearly the Maverick guys were not that interested in, in doing any of that. But forty points out of Kelly, what have we, we have been saying, you know, whatever we've been critical of him. I've been critical of him. Uh, we've said he should be out of starting lineup, but we've also said it's pretty amazing that the Warriors got to this point with Ubre playing so poorly, specifically on offense. If they got anything from Ubre, can you imagine what they would be? Well, we just saw. I mean, you know, it was way above average for Kelly, but this was a miraculous Ubre, uh, you know, career scoring night. 
But that's how good they can be if Kelly Oubre just makes some baskets or makes a ton of baskets or starts raining baskets in. They can be looking like the Warriors of 2016 or something. I mean, you know, again, you got to understand who the opponent was, where the opponent is mentally. But this was an old school Warriors just smoke you. And Steph and Draymond don't even have to come back in and play in the fourth quarter. That, that hadn't happened in a while. Yeah. Has that happened this season? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to one remember time. exactly. But they've had they've had a cut. Like, they blew out the Kings, I believe. Yeah, they blew yeah. Out maybe, the one of those, maybe one of those Timberwolves games. Maybe one of remember those. Remember when Wiseman had seven dunks on the Spurs, and they just, like, yep. Aldridge yep. looked worse than Porzingis did tonight, which we can get to Porzingis. Um, but Oubre, uh, 7 of 10 from 3. He jumped his 3-point percentage from 23 to 27 and you know this was going to happen i believe you mentioned it on twitter but like you know percentages were going to stabilize this guy is a you know 33 percent three-point shooter probably at least 32 31 you know he was 30 yeah he was 35 last year um so he's over 30 so he's probably very likely going to get over 30, and, and that would include nights like this where he's 7 and 10 from 3. To me, that didn't have that much to do with the fact that there wasn't a center out there. That's just It's just random. The guy just was striping in open threes that he's been missing. But he also made seven twos tonight, and if you look at the twos, a lot of that is because it's a, it's a, it's a wide-open court. You know, There's no rim protector behind. And then on a few of them, I uh, highlighted in the story I wrote post-game, is Porzingis is on him because Porzingis didn't want to guard Draymond because Draymond's in the fray too much. And Porzingis is stiff right now defensively. Um, and Ubre has a really good first step. And when he's not just sitting there dribble, dribble, okay, I'm going to attack. I'm going to attack into some traffic. When he has a spread floor with no centers and he has the center guarding him, he can do some of the stuff he did. Tonight. He can just blow by Porzingis on a catch and go. Um, and I remember talking to somebody within the Warriors a couple weeks ago talking about the struggles of Ubre, and they mentioned, like, look, Ubre was a small ball power forward for the Suns mm-hmm. last year in a lot of lineups, and that was his best season. So – um, it's, it's the strangest that I, I, I did write about in my post game, but you know, Draymond seems more comfortable when, when he's in a small lineup, Ubre seems more comfortable when he's in a small lineup, but their number overall two overall pick who will be back pretty soon <laughs> is a center who I do think has skills to play in, you know, in an up-tempo spread system. Cause he can hit threes and he's fast, but he still doesn't make the quickest decisions. And Steph had an interesting quote about it post game. But um, it's just, it's it it's going to be interesting just coming up because I mean clearly at least we're, you know again perfect opponent for it. But they look more comfortable in small ball. I, I think it sets them loose to be able to do their best stuff, right? I mean, it sets Steph loose. Anything that sets Steph loose is the best thing for them. Anything that gets Draymond going is the best thing for them. Other teams have counters to that, though, right? Other teams know how to stop those things or at least slow it down. Clearly, the Mavericks had no idea uh, how to do it tonight. Now, they run into somebody else. Utah Jazz, maybe you're not going to be able to do this. Uh, You know, various other Lakers, you're not going to be able to do this. Clippers, you're not going to be able to do this. But give the Warriors credit for lighting up a team that we all thought going into the season was going to be very good. Just lighting them up. 31-point win. Gets them, by the way, Slater. Drum roll, please. Into the plus in the point differential this season. Wow. They were way, way down there. Well, they needed to even out a couple well, of the blowouts. Yes, exactly. So they are 12 and 10 with a plus .04 per game point differential. We've long awaited for that moment when they go over uh, over into the positive side. 
And I give him any any victory like that counts. It counts. It counts. And it's not like Dallas was banged up. It's not like, you know, Luka Doncic wasn't out there trying as hard as he could. It's just that the Warriors in this set situation were better. Again, I don't think they can do it very often, but they hey, by the way, they continue to kill bad teams. Now, we didn't we didn't think Dallas was going to be one of those, but the Warriors are the king of the bad teams. <laughs> they just you give them a bad team, and they're going to find a way. Steph Curry shooting like that helps. Draymond, obviously, we can talk about Draymond. I mean, those passes from the top were just unbelievable. They were, you know, they were they dominated the game. And Draymond was good on defense too. But man, those it's not just the number of assists, 15 and three quarters. It was just the way he did it. They were not like those sort of gimme assists. They were passes that immediately led to a wide open shot. And those changed the tenor of a game. They certainly changed this one. Yeah, um, he's a well, he's a top ten assist man in the league right now. Um, and a 15 to nine and three quarters, like you said, didn't even play the fourth. Um, so you know they're smart assists. Like he did the dribble handoff because Dwight Powell's hanging too far back again. That's part of his center is guarding him. He's going to exploit that better. Um, some of them were high risk assists, like the one he threw to Curry in traffic, where Curry said like goggles. Like some of those can just on nights against better defenses are tipped in turnovers, and we're going, hey, Draymond had six turnovers tonight. What is that? Um, and it just worked really well tonight. He was invigorated, it seemed. Maybe some of that was because he knows how important he is on this road trip without a center. Um, he is maybe invigorated by the fact that he knows he is playing center, and he likes to do that a bit more. Um, and he just looked like the, he had more legs. I mean, if he dunked on Luka Doncic. <laughs> you know, if that yeah. dunk wasn't happening – uh, the the first couple weeks of the season, really every point this season before tonight, that dunk was not happening. So that I think led into to some of it. Um, and yeah, I think he, I think the presence of Kristaps yeah, Porzingis yep. had something to do with that. By the way, Draymond likes playing him. You know why Draymond likes playing him? Because he knows he can push him around, and he knows Porzingis doesn't like it. Now Porzingis hits those threes when were the third was start of third quarter, whenever that was. But that's all he wanted to do was stand out there and throw up threes and he just wasn't around and he certainly wasn't challenging shots on the other side. Uh, and uh, I don't know if Draymond was in his head. I don't know whatever it is, but I think Draymond at least was like, he liked that. He, he, he lights it up when he gets to be able to play Christoph Porzingis. And I don't think Chris, I don't think Porzingis enjoys playing Draymond that much. And <laughs> he's one of the Blake Griffin thing. Like th- it doesn't bring out the best in these guys. And it was not good tonight. God, it was not good. Yeah, um, it, it hasn't really been good this season. I mean, Dallas nope. needs to solve some stuff, and including, if, if, you know, if we're talking about a, a title window with Luka Doncic early in his career, and Luka still remains very young. Is shoot by the way is shooting under thirty percent from three on a high yep. volume of attempts yep. right now, yep. and he, he is kind of. I don't want to call it a sophomore slump because he's not a sophomore. What is he, like, you know, 30 or whatever? Like he still has really good stats, but I, I do think teams are discovering give him the three. And he better, like, you know, he's going to need to up that into, like, the mid-30s to be the full-on MVP that that teams believe he can be. But I just mean early uh, in his title window tenure, like, he needs a better 1B. I just don't think Porzingis is it. But, you know. I agree. Well, not the Porzingis that we're seeing this season. Well, you know, some of that's the knee. You know, how many major knee operations now has he had? Um, And he does, like, you know, he does tend to float around. He had one offensive rebound tonight against a team that was playing basically Juan Toscano Anderson and Draymond Green in center. Um, And that's part of the story tonight is how 
perfect a, an opponent this seems to be for this style for the Warriors because of what they could do offensively, but also the fact that Dallas does not beat you up on the glass, third worst offensive rebounding team in the league. Porzingis didn't mix it up much, and um, you know, so I want to get to the Curry quote I mentioned post game. I, I asked him about like what they can learn this week because it was kind of what I'm writing about what they can learn in this unique situation this week and implement when they have a full lineup when they do have their centers. Uh, and he said, "With I did not ask him about James Wiseman, but he said, it'll be good, I'm sure, for Wise to see how that ball was moving and that he can play that way as well and still dominate the game the way he's capable of with his size and presence at the rim. Um, I thought it was interesting he singled out Wiseman. And I, I mean, look, Wiseman, particularly because a lot of times he's not seen on lobs, I do think when he gets it, he's like, okay, now, you know, I got to take a jumper. You know, he just, he's not used to the fluid style, which yep. is natural for a 19 year old who played at Memphis East, basically, is where he's played most of his games in his career. Um, they're going to need him long term. Uh, they're going to need him short term when they play teams like Orlando and Cleveland coming up, and Andre Drummond is bashing them on the glass. Like, but they also need James Wiseman to play more of a Warrior style than he has, and and we saw that tonight, right? That's what Steph Curry wants to play in. What we saw tonight, and he Wiseman could do it, but he needs to learn it, and maybe it is good that he's sitting down and watching it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yep, and seeing it, how successful it can be. Well, you know, what did Kerr do, you know, four games ago or whatever it was? He split Wiseman and, and Oubre. I think that's really what that was. He's just splitting those two. Like, you can't have two of those guys on the court with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. It just that it didn't work when you have two non-passers, although Oubre's beginning to pass the ball a little bit. I want to point that out. People people have pointed out that out to me. I will point it out. Uh, it, when there's no defense, it, maybe it's a little easier to pass the ball, but that's okay. Uh, but I, I think... They can't have Wiseman and Ubre playing together very often, and I don't think they're going to. That's you know, it just it just seems to loosen up Ubre a little bit. Not every game, but certainly this game, maybe a couple others, and it just it just tightens up the spacing. Even though they both can shoot it, it just doesn't feel right. They don't. Neither one of them is moving fluidly. So if you just take Wiseman out of there. And you put, you know, just one thing you hear, I mean, you know, it's said with maybe a little bit of a wink, but the coaches love Toscano Anderson's ability to move the ball around. Like they do. They really like well, we that. We should like probably he, talk yeah. about him more. Yeah. Than I mean, he, like, he's like, even if he's not hitting that shot, he, he hit another couple tonight. Didn't look great, but it's all right. Like it's just the ball goes where it's supposed to go. He doesn't end up, you know, getting stacked in the corner with Steph Curry. He isn't dribbling the ball at the top of the key and kind of like aimlessly. They love that. They absolutely love that. So even if you're not quite a shooter, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't, we'll see. But just that, just that, it just opens things up. Set a dribble handoff, you know. Do something that Steph can work off of. Do something where Draymond kicks the ball back out and then boom to you. Like just cut, pass, move. And Wiseman doesn't do that. Again, you're going to need him. I'm, I'm going to, you know, whatever. I'm going to go to the end of the season saying he, they're going to need He also, him. I mean, I think with Ubre too, you see like, look, he's just not going to be that. Like Kelly Ubre is kind of established who he is as Kelly Ubre. With Wiseman, it's like, 
the brain could be there to do it. He's just never been told to do it. He's, yeah. you know, he's still f- what five years away from uh, where Kelly Oubre is age wise. So yeah. we there have been games. You know, think about James Wiseman after the Spurs game. It was like he finally learned the spacing in the dunker spot. Right. Yeah. It was like you know he learned to kind of separate himself from the driver to give them space, and then they can dump it off better. You know that will get him more lobs. I've seen him um, discover like passing lanes better as like high post you know and this is warriors type stuff right they want their centers to be able to look draymond sets a back screen steph cuts boom i hit you know he's hit him with a couple nice lefty passes so i i mean look if they if james wiseman is going to be who they think he can be this is part of the growth curve is learning the warriors now the warriors need to adjust to what wiseman does too right having a center who can shoot threes and 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 all he can do but um i I think he can do some of that stuff. He's just got to learn it. Now, is he going to be Juan Toscano Anderson hustling around like that? Probably mm-hmm. not. But, um, you know, that's that's the challenge of, of the next, really, what, four months or so to get him as prepared as he can be when game one of next season tips and Clay Thompson is also on the court. He's as adjusted as possible to the Warrior system. Yep, and... I'll just say, I don't think they're going to play him with Uber very much. Um, you know, we'll see. And maybe if he's playing dynamically, they can play him with Uber. But I just don't think that. I think that might have been the, the thing they decided. And I think they're going to stick to that. And I think this only further proves it. Like, the smaller you get, the better Uber is. Where it just, you know, he's not dribbling into three people. He's dribbling into one and a half people. Uh, and... With Wiseman, there's just there's just too clogged up in there. There's just too many people standing around when it's him and it's Hooper, and you have a center or a forward or whoever falling, you know, dropping off a of Draymond. That's just too much to deal with. If you just just got to get the action, you get the movement. You just kind of Anderson moving over here, this guy over there, and all of a sudden Steph pops open. And if the defense is terrible and the Mavericks defense, we do have the Mavericks defense was horrendous. Terrible. God. And, and I've heard they've been like this all year. And it's it's unbelievable how many times they just – Steph just took a, you know, took a ball up the top, got a quick screen, just dribbled twice into the into the lane, and nobody was there. That's unbelievable. That is that is really bad stuff for a team that with that kind of talent, you'd think. And so the, the Warriors took advantage of it. And, you know uh, – they can. They have talent. They have guys who can put the ball in the basket. I mean, again, they're going to want their centers back, and they're going to work them in. But let's let's salute Juan Toscano Anderson. Like that guy has come out of nowhere. I mean, Marcus wrote the piece, got the big pub on TNT. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, you know, a guy who's just made himself available and useful. And and if you're six foot nine, if you just do that. Sometimes you're going to get playing time on the Golden State Warriors, and that's what he's done. He's available and he's useful. He just doesn't make mistakes. Well, he can play a little defense, not great defense. He can rebound a little, not great rebounder. He can shoot a little, but not great shoot. Nothing that he does, you go, wow, that that that's what they want to see in Game 7 against the Lakers. But maybe just because he can pass the ball around, he can make a shot once in a while, he can kind of knock around a little bit on defense. This is the the bar is not go out and dominate. It's just help out a little bit, and he's absolutely doing that. Well, so what do they do with him? Well, let's say Wiseman's back, Pascal's back, Looney's back. Is he in the rotation? 
you don't want them to be. I don't know. The contractual situation makes you know. So what? Do they cut Mulder? Uh, well, don't, know. well, that's what's. Yeah. You, they don't. Yeah. They don't need to do anything. Because two ways going to come up here. Right? Well, I mean, the new that's rule what we're talking about the new rule this year is fifty games. It's not forty-five okay. days. They really expanded okay. it this year, and okay. they've already in deactivated them for. I, don't, I I should have the exact number, but let's say it's you know, 12 games so far. So they already basically can play them all. Like they can play them every single game from now until there's like 10 or 12 games left in the season. Now it becomes a, if he really establishes himself as like a must play rotation guy. Now, once the playoffs are nearing, then yes, they do need to figure out something to do. But by then they might know that the smiley geese thing is not going to work into next year or, you know, maybe the Mulder thing. I mean, um, you know, We'll see. Yeah, I, I forgot about the 50 game. I was thinking it was 45 days again. So, yeah, they, they do have some time with them. I think they're going to play them. I mean, they, they do have a shortage of power forwards. So, you know, you can you can find a minutes on this roster. Uh, and if he's going to play like this, you know, you, you, you find minutes for him. And if he's going to make shots, you really find minutes for him. And you, you deal with the, the back end later, you know. And, and Pascal... Maybe the, all he does is play those small ball minutes at center. No backup forward, power forward minutes. I, I could see them working at something like that uh, just because they want to reward somebody who's helping them. They want to reward some, you know, Kerr loves those kind of players who fought for it, who, you know, love every second of it, who are, who are killing it in practice, who are cheering from the bench. He loves those guys. He thinks those are, and, and I agree with him. I understand this. Like they're, they're integral to a, the mood and chemistry in the locker room and on court. I think they're going to want to reward that. Again, what does that mean for next season? I don't know. But for this season, I think he's going to be on the team for as long as they can. And I think they're going to try to get him some minutes. And clearly now he's going to play tons of minutes, you know, for until Wiseman's back. And maybe he, you know, maybe he takes some minutes from Pascal. I mean, again, I'm always the guy down on Pascal. That second unit looked pretty good tonight. <laughs> looked pretty good. And I don't know how many teams you're really going to need any kind of center against. Like, any kind of center. Clearly not the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see. I mean, again, different formula against good teams. Different formula against the Denver Nuggets. You know, clearly different, different formula against the Lakers, whoever. But... Against this kind of team, I could see Toscano Anderson being the being the second unit five. I could see that. Last segment: Seth Curry over 100 threes uh, already. Uh, he's by far the most in the league. He's should be in the MVP conversation now. He won't win it unless they're like a four or five seed, but he should be in it. I, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. I wrote it a little bit. I mean, I think he's as good now as he was. Again, not the same. Uh, not as good, almost as good. And when he's at his best, I'll just say he's at his best less frequently now than he was in 2016, clearly. But when he's good, when that shot's there, he affects the way, affects the game in the same amount that he used to. And that's an incredible, it's just to see him play like this. I think he can, I can think he can be good until he's 34, 35, maybe even 36, not this good. There will be some decline, but what is you know he's kept himself in shape hasn't had a major injury in a while got that break last season uh i mean i i can see him being this good next or can't you see him being this good next season at least and then maybe a, yeah and then a little decline in two seasons so you that that does kind of elongate a title window that we thought was closing again and a lot is going to be determined you know what's clay like when he's back we don't know but I don't think it's like this rush to win a title, one more title for Steph. I don't think that's, I think he's proving it, that it's not, that window is still open for at least a couple seasons. And that 
that affects how they plan their roster. I really like there's just not this desperation to get Bradley Beal to just give him a chance to be the three seed this season. No, you try to reload and get to be the one next season. And that's with Clay back and that's with a better Wiseman and that's with that Minnesota pick. And I just I think it just it alters at least the outside perception. I don't know that they were ever going to get into a game where they're trading James Wiseman. But I just think it, it alters the way we can look at them as a title prospect, not this season, but maybe for two more seasons. And I really wouldn't have thought that until I saw Steph doing what he's doing this season. Yep. All right. Uh, Dallas again Saturday, which, you <laughs> we'll know. We we'll see what Rick Carlisle can come up with. If it's they're another at a moment. Thing like this. They're at a moment right <laughs> now, you know, where they need to figure out this direction of early Luka and – this Saturday feels like kind of a, an important game for them. Look, the Warriors can get blown out Saturday and they'll leave Dallas going one and one. Great job. Um, Dallas can lose and still make the playoffs, but it's just, it, it does feel like they're kind of at an early season tipping point. And, I, and I'm curious to see how they respond. Yep. Let's see. Luca, Luca, let's see what you got. All right, Tim, thanks for coming on. Yep. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.